When you say creative finance, well, when I say creative finance for investors, what does that mean exactly? So there's a, uh, you know, different, or there's a lot of different ways and you can qualify for a property, obviously, right? Uh But most people might only be used to doing the providing of two years of tax returns, W-2s, et cetera. Now it's been pretty popular over the last two years, your DSCR loans, your bank statement loans. Mm -hmm. You know, we were one of the first to kind of bring out the DSCR loan about three years ago, Mm -hmm. the 40 year fix interest only, but there's other ways that you can get financing that don't have to fall under the bucket of, I'd say, hard money, but private money Mm. using cross collateralization, asset depletion, you know, things that a lot of investors I don't think know right now are at their disposal. Okay. I don't even know about it. So like when you say asset depletion and all these complex yeah. terms, like what does that all mean? Well, it just means using other alternative for- forms of income other than using just traditional income. So asset depletion, by example, is let's say a guy has no income on his taxes, hasn't filed taxes in three years, but he has two million sitting in the bank account. Mm. Right. So it could be someone that it, you know, sold something, got really rich. Now they have the assets to be able to, you know, buy something and they want to buy something. Mm -hmm. Every bank's going to turn them away, even though they have two million dollars in the bank. Yeah. Instead, we'll take that two million, maybe take a percentage of it, like 70 percent or 80 percent of it as cash, Mm -hmm. divide it over 60 months and use that as income to qualify for a loan. So now this person that couldn't buy before can now buy a property that they want to buy. Got it. Yeah. What about if someone doesn't have $2 million in the bank, like what are other ways that they could qualify for a loan if they don't have taxes or maybe even bank statements? Yeah. So, I mean, the easiest way to qualify that we've been kind of our claim to fame has been the DSCR loan, the debt service coverage ratio loan. Like Dustin said, we brought it out a lot to the market in three years ago. We were on Pineda's actually podcast talking about it like two years ago, almost now. Um, And Basically, it's just based on rental income. So mm. the great part about it is you're not using personal income to qualify. It's just the rents. So Got as it. long as the market rents or the actual rents cover the mortgage payment, it'll work for the loan. Mm-hmm. So Got that's it. kind of the, the I guess, the most creative financing. Now, it's more often than not right now. Everyone can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are people that get better terms and better pricing just because of the volume they do. And we just happen to be one of the biggest non-QM lenders in the country. So we get all the preferential pricing just because a lot of our packages are sold on Wall Street as like convoy packages, Mm -hmm. just because we do so much volume. And as a as an incentive, a lot of the lenders will kind of give us the best pricing on the market available. Got it. Yeah. Okay. so I guess let's rewind. Like, how did you guys start this business? Because you guys own the brokerage, right? So were you guys mortgage loan officers before or investors or how did this yeah, we uh, we used to work for the same company in San Diego, and obviously we both just decided that we had enough of working as an employee, and the biggest thing that we wanted that we felt was an issue with the current lender that we were working at two years, three years ago, was that we were only doing like conventional loans, Fannie, Freddie stuff, and mm-hmm. we had a lot of clients that were investor clients, and us trying to help an investor client going Fannie or Freddie just was pretty much close to impossible most of the time. Yeah. You know, they're self-employed, the tax returns just show a loss, et cetera. Uh-huh. So when we started Convoy, we were like, look, let's just go find a little niche. We don't need to be rocket loans. We're not trying to be quit or uh, loan depot or, uh-huh. you know, any of the big boys. Mm-hmm. Let's find a niche in like actually helping investors. Cause the investors are the ones that are really the ones that are probably the hardest to get financed through yeah. conventional financing. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, so we focused on that. We kind of made our name within doing a lot of luxury financing as well. So we did, you know, we still do a lot of luxury financing, but both on investment properties and long-term rentals, short-term rentals like Airbnbs when it got really hot. Now it's not as hot as it was before, mm-hmm. but we were like one of the first lenders to do uh, Airbnb loans using AirDNA and mm-hmm. all these uh, different ways to qualify for a loan other than just doing, you know, the traditional bank financing. Yeah. So our focus was shifted there while everyone else was trying to get the conventional FHA, VA type borrowers. We were like, hey, we really want to serve the underserved community and mm-hmm. give investors the avenue to be able to maximize their potential on each dollar for dollar Got it. without going hard money, right? Because a lot of the loans we're talking about are not hard money. They're not short-term mm-hmm. loans. They're mostly 30-year fixed. Um, you know, we, we like to keep it like that just because it takes the risk off the table. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, what I, my main strategy is I buy properties below market value with hard money and then I refinance them once they're fixed up into DSCR loans. That's like how I bought almost all of my rental properties. Um, so like, do you guys kind of give the same strategy to your clients where they could buy hard money if they need to, let's say it's like not financeable or they need to close quick where they buy it hard money. And then you guys help them then turn it into a fixed rate loan. Absolutely. I mean, it's, that's actually the most popular way to do it. Right. I think, Mm -hmm. and that's the best way to do it because we tell a lot of our investor clients, Hey, make sure you're building in a margin of being able to buy it at a certain price lower than, what you think the ARV will be at the after repair value. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of our clients actually go through that step-by-step process with us. So we'll help them do the private money or hard money, whatever they need to do at like 90% loan to cost or 85% loan to cost, whatever it ends up being. Mm-hmm. And then we would refi them out once it's done into a long-term loan. Now, the thing that's a little different for us is when clients do that first loan, we also help them, you know, set up the seasoning. So a lot of lenders right now, they've, you know, they're at like six months seasoning for cash out up mm-hmm. at the ARV. Um, and for conventional now, it's 12 months. So mm. people can't even use conventional loans to cash out of their properties anymore oh, until really? it's 12 months later. Yeah. Fannie yeah. Mae and Freddie yeah. Mac just rolled that out this year. Mm. Um, so it hurts a lot of the investor community again. So what we did is we went out to market, try to find um, lenders and such that would do shorter terms on the seasoning. So now we have three months seasoning as a standard up to 70 to 75% of the ARV cash out easy Mm. based on the ARV. Now we can also do zero month seasoning. So if we have a lender that, you know, if you're not really like too keen on, okay, well I, and too picky on like the rate or whatever, then we can do the initial funding for the private money or whatever you need to do to buy it with the Mm. lower down payment, rehab funds, whatever. And then there's right after you're done, we can go immediately into a cash out loan at 70 to 75%. Got it. Okay. What about like HELOCs? Because I think that's like a a big way that a lot of investors start out is by like maybe they own a property, it's paid off, or they have a huge um, appreciation that happened and they want to get some of the capital out of it. Do you guys do HELOCs? Yeah, we do, uh, you know, HELOCs for owner-occupied or investment properties. Investment properties are obviously somewhat more new and not as attainable as your primary residence HELOC. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, John actually just did one, I think, last week that was like a one-day close on a HELOC for an investment property. It was a full-doc-type loan, but we do have like, now, sorry, when I say full-doc, it's like conventional W-2s, two years, mm-hmm. tax returns, two years. But we also have bank statement 
HELOCs, right? If you're self-employed, looking at your mm-hmm. bank statements instead. We even have like a DSCR second type, not really a HELOC. It's more like a HELOAN. loan. Oh, so you'll wow. get a second position loan on one of your investment properties, mm-hmm. simply using the cash flow. And then we also do like a lot of our big investors that are buying in bulk, maybe 20, 30, 100 properties, you know, a year. We've got a line of credit that functions more so as a line of credit against their real estate portfolio that we can normally get set up in, for example, maybe three days up to whatever the value on the properties and the guy's assets or the girl's assets are, right? Mm -hmm. And for example, we did one two weeks ago. We got a client, a $100 million line of credit that now whenever he's making offers on properties, it's a quick two-day, maybe three-day due diligence period. Mm -hmm. And then we onboard that property to the line of credit. So he isn't going through the same, you know, kind of maybe seven, 10 day, 15 day hard money kind of underwriting. Got it. 